Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Middle of the week, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurels, the Eagle Hour. Appreciate you joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. Great show today. Going to talk about some basketball coming up. Eagles have an opportunity to do something they haven't done in a very long time tonight. Uh, baseball uh, smokes UNO at the Pete last night. Uh, we will be uh, talking to Ted Alexander in the second segment from Old Dominion as uh, the men are up in Virginia getting ready to take on the Monarchs um, tonight. And then we'll talk to Patrick McGee as we do every Wednesday. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue in a community near you. Great smoked meats. Maybe uh, you're going to watch the Eagles this weekend uh, take on the Fighting Illini from Illinois and Maybe we want Dickies to uh, to to get you some uh, tailgating stuff, and sure they could do that. And I've eaten Dickies before uh, in the roost, and it's very good. But anyway, the hometown team by Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg, Dickies cooked here, loved everywhere. All right, last night um, Kelly uh, UNO comes in, and we talked yesterday. I mean, it's hard to believe the sixth most games played against an opponent in. Uh, in Southern Miss baseball history, Eagles made quick work of, of uh, the privateers last night, uh, put a seven spot up in the third inning, never looked back, 12 to nothing. Eagles get 14 hits, don't commit an error, only give up one hit. And the biggest thing to me was Billy Oldham started the game. He was, he was absolutely phenomenal, five innings, nine strikeouts, didn't allow a hit, uh, didn't even walk a batter. People are talking today, Kelly, when you look out there and you see the young man who transferred in from Eastern Connecticut State, he even has Hunter Riggins' hair. He looks like Riggins, big kid, 6'2", but uh, was absolutely dominant last night. Well, I from the beginning of the season, um, here I go again, what I was going to say, this pitching staff going into that game last night had a team ERA of less than a run. Now, less than a run means... You don't even score one. So who are you going to beat if you're not scoring at least one run? And that ERA, that team ERA just got better last night. I'm telling you, these guys, and look, I know what Southern lost last year. Uh, and this is, it's a good problem to have when you're losing pitchers like this to the major league draft, etc. But these guys, and our guest yesterday, Jeff Ferris, put it pretty aptly. The Bullets, his, his analogy was the Bullets that... Coach Ostrander has 
in the gun this year, which were sitting on the shelf last year just waiting to be used. I'm telling you, these guys are good. This pitching staff is really, really good. And now you see and, – and look, UNO was 1-2 and two coming into the game. This is not one of the stronger teams that the privateers have had. So let's put things in into perspective. But still, for the Eagles to go out there and not only put up 12 runs, but to only give up one hit, no runs obviously, and one hit, I don't care who you're playing at the Division One level – that's pretty doggone good. Uh, and if they, you know, if the Ally and I come in here this weekend, and we have to be careful because, you know, Michael Mergens, that's uh, his Ally and I, they're from his <laughs> I back. I keep smiling every time you say that. I want to go ILL so bad, but I'm not, I'm <laughs> not going to do if, it. If you say ILL, then I'm supposed to say I and I. I and I. Yeah, fighting Ally and I. They're coming in this weekend, and the Eagles could, could very conceivably start the season 7 and 0. You know, that's pretty good, Luke. Pretty good. You look at what they've uh, what they've done so far. Point five ERA opponents batting one fourteen against them. But uh, a few other um, things to to point out. Last night Isaiah Rhodes came in and then uh, threw some some new guys. Colby Allen, the freshman, uh, Luke Trahan, who transferred in from Dallas Baptist, and then Monastere came in and struck out two uh, in the ninth. He was he was electric on the offensive side. Uh, but Tate Parker got. Uh, kind of pulled up at third base, advancing off of a hit, and um, on you know on the broadcast talking maybe uh, just uh, maybe a precautionary thing, but he he came out and by the way the guy that came in for him Kelly you talk about depth Reese Ewing who was the three hole hitter last year uh, for for some of the year uh, Ewing ended up uh, coming in and went two of two with three RBIs and he also walked twice and. You just look at what what the Golden Eagles did last night. Dickerson scored three runs, had two hits. Pato scored two runs and had two RBIs. I mentioned Ewing with three RBIs. Danny Lynch had another two RBIs. And uh, really the, the third inning is where uh, where they blew it open. Ewing doubled. Lynch uh, got hit by a pitch. Uh, Etzel had a sack fly. Dickerson singled up the middle. Then Pato tripled. And, uh, you know, look up seven runs later. But Golden Eagles... You know, you you you've been saying it. You've been saying it before they started playing. But the Golden Eagles four and zero now, and uh, uh, just appear just to have you know just reloaded. And, and I like this uh, this little connection now between Pearl River and Southern Miss because you got both Ewing and Tate Parker who came in here from Pearl River. Pearl River won the National Junior College Championship last year. They're a wagon again this year, uh, ranked. N- ranked number one in the country and, and beat the ninth-ranked team yesterday. So Pearl River is going to continue to churn out some players that Southern Miss can tap into. But while I have lauded the pitching staff, you know, Luke, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, other than the pitchers and the hitting, you could really throw a blanket over about 15 different guys and pull out whoever, and you're not going to give up a whole lot either on. I know that if there was an Achilles heel last year for the Southern Miss baseball team, it was a lack of consistent power, but they've apparently you know, taken care of that with some of the guys that they, that they have added. Um, you've got, I mean, when you have to pull Tate Parker for whatever reason and putting Reese Ewing, I mean, what Division One coach wouldn't vote for that? Yeah. You know, ha- having a, a guy on the bench that's that strong that you can call on any time. Um, and, I, you know, the Southern Miss team in, in the metrics of all these different polls ranked 18th in the country. Man, right now, I, Southern Miss is playing really, really well. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm sh- I think they're better than 18th, but that's me. Yeah, I mean, you, you talked about depth and, and stuff. You know, they got so many guys that they can, they can pull – 
know, from different spots. And, right. Uh, you know what what you were talking about, but yeah, just a just a really good game last night. Kind of, uh, we're going to start keeping an Etzel double counter. He had another double last night. He's already ten percent of the way uh, to to breaking uh, the you know season single record. He's got three through uh, four games. And I think the record Coach Barry told us was like 32. So. Yeah, and, and last year, you know, the catching position was problematic. But they, but they recognized that, which obviously is their jobs as coaches to identify that. And they went out and addressed that problem. So, yeah, right Blake now, Johnson. Blake Johnson, yeah. is a, Blake Johnson is a scary seven or eight hole hitter. And, and Lacey's, Lacey's done well, too. He's, you know, he's in the nine hole. I mean, he hit 12 home runs for Tennessee Tech. Yeah, but, but, even, but even like a month before the season, when – Scott Barry and his and his staff really couldn't say a whole lot about who was going to start. They've always said that Blake Johnson is the starting catcher. Blake Johnson is the catcher on this Southern Miss baseball team. So how good has that guy got to be for the coaches to come out a month before the first pitch and say that Blake Johnson, you know, is our catcher? But again, because of personnel, because of injuries and so on last year, the catching position, which Make no mistake about it, you build the strength of a baseball team up the middle. Catcher, shortstop, second base, and center field. And if you've got problems at the catching position, it's got arms that go out every which direction, and the Eagles have addressed that as well. So yep. things, things looking really good right now. Basketball tonight, Lady Eagles are hosting uh, first place Lady Trojans of Troy. That game's at 6 p.m. This is why it matters. Kelly, you brought this up uh, a, a few days ago. So right now there's two teams tied in first place on the women's side, James Madison and Troy. They're both 12-4. and four. Texas State, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion are at 11-5. and five. And uh, so the Lady Eagles with an opportunity tonight to, uh, to to pull Troy down and to put themselves, depending on what happens with James Madison, you know, you, you start looking at it, it's going to be a big log jam uh, to to be at the top on, on the ladies' side. But women have an opportunity tonight at 6 p.m. in Reed Green uh, to, to pull within half a game. And they would win the tiebreaker with Troy because they've already beaten Troy over there. So if they can do that again tonight, even if the Lady Eagles and Troy finish with the same record, the Lady Eagles would get the uh, tiebreaker in that situation. So they're looking really good for uh, a top four seed right now, which would give both them and the men a, a double bye. And, of course, the men could clinch tonight. They can't do it on their own. They would need some help, Luke. Yeah, Marshall one game behind. Marshall plays James Madison uh, tonight, who's certainly not a pushover. We remember how difficult that game was with us. But Southern Miss right now with a one-game lead, thirteen and three. Marshall twelve and four. Louisiana and James Madison eleven and five. Marshall's taking on uh, James Madison tonight. That game is in uh, it's in Harrisonburg. Right. So it, it's on the road. And if Southern Miss were to beat Old Dominion tonight, and then James Madison would beat Marshall, the Eagles would clinch the regular season Sun Belt Championship. Juan Cardona predicted it, remember, on this program earlier this year, but the, the fact that that could, could happen tonight or not, you know, the fact that it that is the Eagles are having the type of season in men's basketball is beyond, it's, it's almost beyond explanation. But it's amazing. Good thing. Good thing. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to talk more about the Southern Miss Old Dominion game. We're going to step aside when we come back. Ted Alexander, the voice of the Old Dominion Monarchs, will be joining us. Eagle Hour continues on a Wednesday.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on a Wednesday. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, campusbookmark.net. Our great friends down there. All the Eagle swag that uh, you could ever want is at campusbookmark.net. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel Golden Eagles up in Virginia to take on the Old Dominion Monarchs tonight in a men's basketball game. 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and here to uh, preview the Monarchs for us, Ted Alexander, who's been on uh, the Eagle Hour quite a bit. And, and Ted, this is your first, I guess, Sunbelt uh, appearance. Uh, so, so welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Feel awfully special. We're, we're sunny and happy and uh, having fun with 74 degrees in Norfolk today. Well, it's it's 82 in South Mississippi, so uh, we 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 understand that as well. So, so Monarchs, uh, we were kind of joking off air. Uh, somewhat of a down season, seventeen and eleven, nine and seven in the conference, still in the upper half of the conference. But uh, but the Monarchs won four out of the last five, so uh, it's, it, you've been heating up down the stretch. Yeah, it's it's been a a, a case of up and down. It's the roller coaster ride, the Dow Jones, however you want to call it. Uh, inconsistency for this Monarch team. When they play well, they can beat anybody. But if they don't play well, they could lose to anybody in the league and beyond. So who are some of the names tonight for Southern Miss fans? Because we haven't seen you guys just play, play you one time in basketball. Who, who are some of the, uh, the, the leading scorers and, and uh, names Southern Miss fans need to watch? Well, the one you might be familiar with is Tyreek Scott Grayson. He played a couple years at UAB, also at Northeastern. Now he's uh, wrapping up his career at Old Dominion. He's the Monarchs' leading scorer. He's a lefty. He's long. It's 6'5". Uh, he, he'll, he'll stuff the stat sheet. Great plays, horrible plays, plays in between. He's someone to keep an ear on it for. The best athlete on the team is a guy named Chauncey Jenkins, who's a sophomore from uh, Newport News in this neck of the woods. He's a transfer from Wichita State. He's the athletic one who can get his own shot whenever he needs to. He just has to become more consistent. The most consistent Monarch this year has been a guy that leads the Sun Belt in double-doubles, Makai Long. He's a 6'7 junior who's averaging 10 points, 8.5 rebounds. Uh, he's got a bit of a knee issue, uh, so we'll have to be uh, mindful of that, but he played really well at App State. Chauncey rolled his, uh, his ankle at, uh, at App State, only played nine minutes. They've lost Ben Stanley for the year with a knee injury. Emo Essien was out with concussion-like sy- symptoms the last game. So it's been a bit of a, a mash unit for the Monarchs, but if they play well, they can get it done. If not, forget it. Kelly. Ted, when you look at, at your Monarch team, the, the Southern Miss team has defended its home court perfectly this year. Not a, not a, not a single blemish uh, in Hattiesburg. How have the Monarchs done at holding serve? Uh, Ten and four, I believe, is the is the home record at this point. Uh, and again, the, the 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 inconsistencies have come in the friendly confines of Chartway Arena as often as they have on the road. So if you know if you don't play well at home, and we lost to Arkansas State to, to open the season, and now nothing against them, they beat us. But they haven't fared so well this season, but they beat us on our home floor to open conference play. And so who knows what's going to happen. The next night we go out and beat Louisiana. So who, who knows what's going to happen. What happened with you guys down in Mobile this year? Who knows? Right. Right. I, I know that Archie State game is a mulligan that you guys would like to have back. But as you look at this team going into the season and where they are now, how have the Monarchs overperformed? How have they underperformed in what areas of the game? 
I think they've overperformed in togetherness and hearts. They had eight new faces on this team, much like the Golden Eagles. You aren't quite sure what you're going to get when you finally put all the ingredients in the stew, but they've gotten along, and it's been a much more fun team to be around than a year ago when everybody thought they were going to the league and never looked in the mirror and never were accountable to anything. This year they're accountable to each other, uh, and, you, and you really root for them because they're good kids. They just aren't. Uh, they won't be on the, the A-list of overall basketball skill guys. They're doing it with heart and desire. And when We always know kind of from the Southern Miss point of view what the Golden Eagle fan base thinks about this Golden Eagle basketball team. Tell us about what the Monarch Nation thinks about Southern Miss or some of the things that come up in conversation when Southern Miss is discussed. Uh, it's It's how can we do what they're doing in terms of the transfer portal, et cetera? I mean, you guys have literally gone to 180 showing how it's done. How do you get, you know, anybody can get a bunch of new faces, but how do you get them to play well? How do you get really good players in whatever sport to come to Hattiesburg? And what is it about that environment that attracts really good athletes year after year? And and I think it's just a, one of those things we remember. There were several years ago when the Golden Eagles came up here and just manhandled the Monarchs. They were a bunch of men. I don't know if they were all sixth or seventh year seniors or whatever back eight or ten years ago, but just really that left an impression. So it's always a, a grizzled, tough, hardworking team, and when they've got the guys that can put it in the hole, you could be in for a long night. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to uh, Ted Alexander for a couple more minutes. He's a play-by-play voice for the Old Dominion Monarchs. Um, one, one question about the Sun Belt. What has been you guys' experience uh, now? We, we joked about the first time you've been on. We, we talked to you preseason coming in, but going through football season and now almost through a basketball season, what's been Old Dominion's uh, experience with the Sun Belt? Love it. Love it. I mean, we were up at James Madison last uh, last week, and and we wouldn't have been there if we weren't in the in the Sun Belt together. Uh, it's great to have you guys and Marshall also coming along. So it's not a totally uh, new experience for Old Dominion fans, but I, I think they like it. It just seems to be more logical geographically. Uh, yeah. There seems to be a different spirit because there's there's sort of a link geographically to a lot of the schools. There's a spirit of camaraderie that's there that you, you can't have in Conference USA when you got somebody in the mountain time zone, somebody else on the East Coast. It's just difficult to get that going. I think it's more organic in the Sun Belt. Now what we have to do now is to start having success on the fields and the courts and, and get up to speed with a lot of these Sun Belt teams. Kelly, one more question for Ted. Yes, I did. Ted, if you guys, and I know you got two games left to play, but generally speaking, if you guys are going to thread the needle down in Pensacola, what do the Monarchs have to clean up and have to do better if they're going to make a dent down there? Have to get everybody healthy, have to not turn the ball over, have to continue playing really good defense and crashing the boards and, and make some layups. All year long, we've had trouble making layups. And as Coach Jones says, he can't coach lay- layups. Just make the freaking layup. Uh, if we can make some layups, we can have some success. Yeah, good deal. Ted, we appreciate your time. Have a good call tonight. Hey, we're going to hit you back up in early April because uh, we get to play baseball against each other this year. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. Guys, have a great day. Thanks. That's Ted Alexander, the play-by-play voice for the Old Dominion Monarchs. Kelly, good stuff from Ted coming on, on on game day, being able to spend some time with us. Yeah, and it's it's rare that that happens, that you either get to talk to the radio guy or coaches uh, for that for that reason. We're hoping to and efforting one of the Southern Miss coaches for tomorrow's program. A programming note will actually be at Ramey Motors tomorrow in Purvis as the Eagle Hour goes on the road. And then Friday, we'll originate the program from Pete Taylor Park with our special guest host. Is that... 
Can we make that public as to who the guest? Yeah, yeah. Bob said something about it yesterday. Okay, yeah. Hill Denson, Coach Hill Denson, is going to be a guest co-host with us on Friday as the uh, Illinois Fighting... Oh, ILL. I and I. (laughs) Come to town. I'm going to allow much more of that. I'm going to be lambasted on (laughs) social media thanks to you. Hey, hey, you're, you're, um, you're allowing people with a very unique, different way of... Viewing Southern Miss Sports to make contributions to the radio show, Michael. There you Thank go. you. And actually, we'll be talking with the voice of uh, the University of Illinois uh, throughout this weekend as, as well on the program here as the Illini from the Big Ten Conference come in for a three-game set beginning on Friday. Looking uh, at the game tonight, Southern Miss, a uh, point-and-a-half favorite. Um, Southern Miss averaging right under 75 points a game. Old Dominion uh, scoring right at 68 points a game. And you know, you look at their schedule, and, and man, you talk about uh, everybody, anything can happen in this league. Yeah, Archie State beat Old Dominion to start the season. They beat Louisiana. They lost to Troy. I'm just going against common opponents. They lost to Marshall by eight. They beat South Alabama on January the 26th by two points. And then they beat Texas State in a nail-biter um, last weekend or two weekends ago, 70-68. Uh, to 68. They lost to James Madison, and then they won um, last Saturday at Appalachian State. Two things I'm looking for in the last two games for the Eagles. The reason I asked the question about how well the Monarchs do at home is because if they defended their home court like Southern Miss does and the Eagles have even close to an outing, heaven forbid, that they had against South Al, that would really put this game in perspective tonight. But the fact that the Monarchs have stubbed their toes a little bit at home leads me, you know, gives me a little bit of encouragement that these Eagles can go down there and beat and beat them. But then Texas State on Friday, remember it's Wednesday, Friday this week, not not Thursday, Saturday, because the, the Sun Belt Tournament begins Tuesday. Actually, Monday on the program, we're going to have some people from the, the – uh, the tourism board from Pensacola on the show. But Texas State, the way that the Bobcats want to slow everything down and make everything a 51-49 to game, that scares me a little bit. And that's one of the teams that gave the Eagles a pretty good battle in Hattiesburg. So we'll see how that game comes out in San Marcos. And if there's two teams, Luke, that I do not want to see in Pensacola <laughs> regarding of the Eagles' seeding, Texas State is one, but I hate to say it, but South Al is the other one. I do not want yeah. to see the Jaguars there. They just match up really well uh, against us and you know that was our flush game and they're playing well right now they're playing well right now the Jags are yeah I mean this this game tonight um, the first game of road series for the Golden Eagles have not gone well this year and that that's one of that if there's a if there's been a weakness they have not played well in the first game of a of a uh, of a road series so bit tough battle tonight um, up there and and uh, you know you hear Ted talking about um some of the injuries that they've had. It's been interesting to see who Old Dominion but, throws out there. We, we do need to ask him when he comes back on in April just about all the uh, the backstory with James Madison. But if the Eagles win tonight and Marshall loses, the Eagles clinch, and that changes the whole perspective of the game Saturday. We'll have more from New Orleans. NOLA.com with Patrick McGee in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Lady Eagle action on the tube tonight there and the men's game as well. Everybody at 4th Street Bar and Grill knows your name, to use that uh, phrase from an 80s TV show, because they're all Southern Miss fans. Don't forget uh, occasional trivia. They've got the dartboards, the pool tables, and specials all the time at 4th Street Bar and Grill, including that 995 uh, lunch special that includes your favorite drink. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud to be a supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. Joining us now from New Orleans, NOLA.com's Patrick McGee, and I think it was the old uh, soap opera like Sands to the Hourglass of Time, so too are the days of our lives, and so too is the courtship of Derek Carr. And here with the latest update is our buddy Patrick McGee. Patrick, good to have you with us again. Yeah, glad glad to be here. So, is there anything new in the courtship of Derek Carr? I think what's new is just the most recent reporting in the case. This is going to drag out for a while. Um, the Jets are looking pretty strong in this. I, I think uh, reporting kind of coming out of the weekend is that the Jets and the Saints were at the top. But any idea that there was any kind of you know a handshake deal between the Saints and Carr whenever they got together uh, a couple of weeks ago? Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, you know, you know, there was some speculation that possibly that he would, you know, uh, ask not, you know, uh, refuse trades and then uh, go to free agency and just sign with the Saints. And obviously, uh, there wasn't any quick turnaround on that. And it sounds like the Jets are pretty hardcore about it. Uh, they had been in talks with the Raiders before he entered free agency about a possible trade. I, they didn't. I don't think they ever got to a level to where he was able to visit or really talk with the Jets. But. Um, yeah, uh, the Saints are trying to free up cap space here and there, and and and, and you know restructuring deals. Uh, it's you know the Saints aren't in the greatest situation financially in terms of being able to turn out and give out big contracts, but uh, they've always found a way. And I think if they would probably at least very least get close to what Derek Carr wants in a in a new deal, unless it's just astronomical. Uh, but yeah, it's just <laughs> a whole lot of waiting and just kind of. Uh, it's, right now, it's just not much going on. It's just wait and see. Well, you got to have a plan B. So if if, if Derek Carr mm-hmm. doesn't work out as plan A, what do you perceive or what have you heard will be plan B at the QB position for New Orleans? <laughs> there, I mean, as far as I can tell, there's no real plan B. You know, I don't think there's – even if they wanted to make one, I don't think there is really a great one. I mean, well, that, that's a concern, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I think they're fairly aggressively going after Carr because they understand uh, they would possibly have to go with a Baker Mayfield. And I think there's also the option that uh, Teddy Bridgewater's out there, uh, who's had you know his bit, some of his best success in New Orleans while he was there. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not a great situation unless you go into the draft uh, having an idea that you want a guy or two or, or, or college quarterbacks coming in. But uh, the free agent situation is not good outside of Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was going to joke and say we could get one of the, the Jets guys, but but never. But, I mean, it, it, here's the thing. If they miss on Derek Carr, Patrick, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're going to be another year of just getting by, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, and and there's no, no we're not, you know, we, you know, I'm not assuming that Derek Carr is the fix, you know. I mean, the best case scenario is that the Saints really get a, a, a quarterback that that's, can come in and help or maybe develop over the next two or three years. And be a solid starter. That's the best situation. I, you know, nobody's really sitting here saying, "Oh, Carr is going to make the Saints a Super Bowl contender." That's not going to happen. Uh, they could, you know, they're definitely a playoff team, 
as a as a contender. It, but you know, there's there's no fix out there outside of Carr. He Carr, without a doubt, is the best option immediately uh, for the for next season and, and say 2024. Um, but for the long run, it's you know it's yeah. Are the Saints just going to keep playing this game of of just hoping and wishing? Yeah. What 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 legitimately do you think he he would want, and the Saints would have to get close to? I don't know. I've seen some big numbers. Uh, I, I'm not informed enough on that to know, but I've seen the neighborhood of 40 million. I think. <laughs> Uh, that's what you. So, I mean, I know uh, the market changes. I mean, that's what you paid Breeze his last two years. Yeah, I mean, it's they're gonna. I mean, but, but that's the kind of the market he's on. There's only so many options, so right. Carr might get the the huge deal. You know. So Patrick, what is, what is the latest on Alvin Kamara now? Of course, uh, more you can bring us up to date on the news story as to what else has emerged, but it's it's not good. No, I mean, there's more video that's that's come out that was used in evidence in, against Kamara. Uh, in the grand jury, the grand yeah, and and they they didn't indict him. I believe it was last week. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, if you see the video, it's fairly clear what happened. And apparently, they have video of him in the in the limo saying, "Yeah, I, I connected so hard with that guy's jaw." <laughs> so I, I mean, it's I mean for Camara, I I I'm not really on the beat in terms of reporting news and what. Potentially happen here, but obviously Kamara is in some legal jeopardy. This this doesn't seem to be like it's it's not. Everybody's oh they'll just make it go away somehow. I don't know how in the heck they can make this go away. There's just so much mounting evidence against Kamara. I, I don't know what he's facing in terms of punishment right now, but uh, just everything that's come out uh, out of the grand jury now that he's been indicted, it's it's you no, know, it's not. Along with three other guys, it's it doesn't look great. And and not to be Debbie Downer here, but is the is the relationship with Michael Thomas and and the Saints officially over now? Not officially over, but I mean it's it's just the you know it's it just seems inevitable uh, that they're going to move on from him. Um, but that's that's just been the expectation all along. I think there were some, but hey, what if they hire? Or what if they sign Carr? Will Thomas suddenly be interested? I, I just don't see that happening. I, I think the two sides are ready to part. Just Thomas cannot stay on the field. Yep. Patrick, we were going to bring this up for a segment, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it up now and and because uh, I, I know you can comment on it uh, a little more specifically, but generally as a whole. About three hours ago, Bruce Feldman um, reports on Twitter that uh, that Florida is going to hire former Southern Miss defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong. Of course, uh, last two years did a great job resurrecting the the nasty bunch. Was hired. Uh, we, we you know we said it, it happened uh, early January. Alabama didn't make it official until a couple weeks ago. But it looks like uh, because the defensive coordinator for Florida now going uh, to the Arizona Cardinals, that Austin Armstrong at 29 years old is going to be an SEC coordinator. Um, I guess comment on that, but but comment on how this is a crazy new normal now, and it almost appears. One of my buddies told me this today at Southern Miss, you you embrace it that you you want to be a school where you know that coaches come in and they win, so that you can right. continue to get coaches like Austin Armstrong. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's great for Austin. I mean, he was there two years. It wasn't like it was really a cup of coffee stop. You know, it's, uh, he, he made a significant difference in, in turning that program around for him to move up this quickly. is It's pretty impressive, and that was kind of the, you know, that was the idea I got whenever they hired him, that he was really a quick riser. I mean, he would only been a year at, at Louisiana as, as like a linebacker's coach, 
Then he comes into D.C. for Will Hall. I mean, he had been there at Georgia. He's just really got that background. He's a really motivated, really strong uh, coach, a good recruiter. Uh, the players respond well to him. And, and just the coaches are just getting younger and younger these days, all the way from head coach to the coordinators to the position jobs, you know. Uh, so he brings a lot of energy to that. He's a very smart guy, and, and for him to have this opportunity, he's well-deserved. It's not often you get this as a 29-year-old uh, but he's he's probably about as prepared as, as as you need to be for one of these jobs, and and obviously he's worked for Napier before at UL. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't I don't have any doubt that he'll do well there. Yeah, I was just going to make that point that that you just made that not to discount anything that he's done at Southern Miss, but but I have learned over the years that so much of the coaching profession, not just football, but any of the sports, is not necessarily what you know, but who you know. And of course, Billy Napier leaving Louisiana to go to Florida, it, it seemed he was in the market for a defensive coordinator. He was available, had a great resume. It makes perfect sense. That hire makes perfect sense, especially if you're Billy Napier. Your thoughts? Yeah, and I, I think the verdict's still out on Napier. I think he's a good football coach, but year one it wasn't total gangbusters. Right. Uh, we'll see, but this is a good opportunity. He's such a young guy, and he's going to have a future in this uh, as a college football coach for a long time. Um, he's he's just got all the really kind of attributes you want that. And I, I think there's a good chance that he's you know maybe a head coach by the time he's 35. You know, maybe even yeah. earlier. Yeah, and, and it, you know, I think Southern Miss fans, knowing that that our new defensive co- coordinator, Coach O'Brien, was under that same system, and mm-hmm. so it, you know, it, it's there's going to be a, a lot. He's going to put his own spin on it, but you know, working with Armstrong, them coming out of the same Saban smart tree, it should be good. All right, Patrick, about forty seconds left. If James Madison beats yeah. Marshall tonight, and the Golden Eagles yeah. beat Old Dominion, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles will be the regular season Sun Belt basketball champions. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Old Dominion, that's a tough, that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, Old Dominion's not going to be an easy out, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty astonishing. Just something I didn't think was remotely a possibility <laughs> a year ago. Uh, so it was, it's been, what, since 1991, since uh, yeah. Southern Miss has won a regular season conference uh, title. So it's pretty incredible. Uh, it's just it's amazing how fortunes have changed at Southern Miss across the board. You know, you look at what the baseball program now is doing, before football is headed. Uh, things in general on the way up, and <laughs> you can have basketball in the equation. I'm sure everybody's in a much better mood in Hattiesburg these days. Good stuff. Well, man, we appreciate your time. Hey, glad you made it through Mardi Gras live. Blues okay? Yeah, he's well. He hates the parade goers, but he may have fine. Good stuff. Well, appreciate your time, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee at NOLA.com. We'll step aside for our last commercial break and Eagle Hour close out on Wednesday right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Good times with Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. Appreciate him joining us as he does every week. Closing out the Eagle Hour on a Wednesday, Luke Kelly and Michael. Bob's paying for the bills today, isn't he, Kelly? That's what he's doing. He's out and about. Making making sure that uh, everybody that wants to get on the Eagle Hour can get on the Eagle Hour. I, I think we're about sold out, aren't we, Michael? I mean, it's... 
Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, can't make a, we can't make a joke, Kelly, about our checks bouncing because... The, you don't the, get checks. Yeah, we don't get checks. That's the thing. This is... What do what do we get for being on the Eagle Hour, Kelly? Well, we get you know some beignets every once in a while. We get lunch at Satisfaction. Fuzzies. Satisfaction. Yeah. you're doing a com- community service. Fourth Street, right? You know, representing the uh, representing the enlightening, unique perspectives of social media. Posts. Now, if you yeah. want to get if you want to get in real shape, of course, the D one D bat training can take care of that for you on the physical fitness side. They can also get you in shape for baseball and softball season, which a lot of touring, a lot of the travel softball and baseball teams are getting started this weekend. So if it rains, your team can rent some cage space. They've got the the uh, pro shop in there. They've got everything that you need. But as while we're talking about training and running, Luke, the the track and field team for yeah, was, Southern Miss is off and running. Say, I was about to say, for, for people like you and me and the, uh, the high school, college athlete, anybody can go to D-Bat and D-1. Right. John Stewart has his own deal called Southern Miss Track and Field, and they finished their 2023 indoor campaign yesterday. Another broken school record. Uh, more first-place finishes. Uh, Sophia John took second place in the pentathlon yesterday. Uh, Omar Austin was first in the 400 meter finals, had a personal best. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Golden Eagles did well. The four by four women's relay team, Trinity Benson, Trinity Flager, Destiny Charles, and Sevilla Varnell finished uh, with a three minute 43 second and replaced broke a five year school record. So indoors over, but they'll get ready uh, in just uh, over three weeks to go down to uh, South Alabama for the South Alabama. Invitational. And now, the, the pentathlon is how many events, guys? Five, right? That's right. Like, five, the, right. like the Pentagon, five sides. Now, Michael Morgan's idea of Southern Miss track and field and, and other other things, if he were to – Michael, if you were to perfectly be able to take part in an event that would require you maybe a year of training, what would it be? Nice segue. A Norwegian <laughs> foot march like the one they're having at Camp Shelby on March 4th. The Norwegian Death March? What? Well, if you're not in shape, yeah, that's what it would be. But it's the Norwegian Foot March. And I'm looking this up. First held 1915 as a test of marching endurance for soldiers in the Norwegian military. A strategic goal was to be able to move larger units of troops over a great distance swiftly and in a manner that enabled them to efficiently be combat ready even after the march by carrying their rucksack and weaponry, which equaled about 25 pounds. And it's how many how many miles? Eighteen point four miles, I believe. And and it, it's got the blessing of the Norwegian consulate, but they're doing it at Camp Shelby March fourth. Uh, it's not something you just sign up for. I was told you do have to train for it, and it sounds so interesting, like something I want to do. No, and any so it started yesterday training for next year. And any person that appreciates history certainly knows how tough those Norwegians are. When you yes. <laughs> I lived in Minnesota. <laughs> when I you go to battle. Those, yeah. But, I mean, do, do you do it over a certain time? Do you have it? You have about, like, four and a half hours, depending what? on your age and uh, male, female. They all have different hours that you're required to do it in. So 18.4 miles, for me, I believe, would be, like, four and a half hours is what you're allowed. Starts you at the, the Armed Forces, starts and ends at the Armed Forces Museum. 18.4 miles, Luke, in four hours. You can do that. Yeah, I can do that. With carrying 25 pounds? I don't think my car could do that. Um, but, Luke, you're getting ready for a 5K, yeah? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a ways off. And well, so, it's okay. Yeah, we're uh, trying to get back in that Jeff Bauer playing shape. We'll, we'll see what happens with it. For well, sure. I'm glad for both of you. I will sit it out. 
You can watch. The public is welcome to watch at least. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll, I've got that covered. Yeah. So we'll we'll bring you in a recliner, Kelly. And we'll have to get John Stewart back on the show here pretty soon, Lou. Yeah, we're going to talk to Coach Stewart um, and and uh, get the kind of the segue. It's unique how they have two different championships, two different seasons, but another broken school record yesterday. Eagle Hour uh, tomorrow we'll be down at Ramy Motors in Purvis. Friday we will be at Pete Taylor Park as the Golden Eagles get ready to take on a team from up north that I will not say because I don't want to hear their cheers on the Eagle Hour twice And I apologize about that. I, I can't help. I was in Champaign for four and a half years, Well, it's, but I've been here 17. Yeah, so no, we're clearly Eagle fans. Yeah. He's liable to be on set with us Friday, we, we're, we're being told, possibly. So, just well, to restrain you. We uh, hope from, tomorrow. From we hope tomorrow that we are talking about a undisputed conference championship for the men, Luke. Undisputed. Be, be unbelievable. Tonight, 6 o'clock in Reed Green. Ladies playing against Troy. That's a second uh, place Southern Miss team taking on first place Troy. Go cheer on the Lady Eagles. Men also play at 6. So uh, have something in your ears. Watch the Lady Eagles. Listen to the men. What a day it would be tomorrow if we lead off this show with uh, and so so what that means is you got to be a Duke tonight too, right, Kelly? Got to pull for James Madison. Yes, because if the, the if the Dukes beat the Thundering Herd and the Eagles beat the Monarchs, the Eagles win the regular season conference outright. First time they've had an outright basketball title since 1991. It would cement the number one seed in the tournament that begins next week in Pensacola, and they would. Yeah. Their first game, they would play the eight, the winner of the eight or nine seed. So it would be a great, great thing. It would be. And, and as we sign off today, a special salute to our Warhawk friends in Monroe, Louisiana. <laughs> they went and flew the Sun Belt flag quite high in Duty Noble Field last night. Congratulations. They defeated uh, Mississippi State. So good stuff. Appreciate you joining us. If, uh, if you're just catching the end of this, we're on all kinds of podcasting platforms, all of them. Go find us. We'll catch you tomorrow. As always, Southern Miss to the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.